Welcome to this Pure Voice activity. To access the entire activity, go to www.purevoice.com forward slash YUP. This program has been supported by an independent educational grant from Gilead Sciences Incorporated. Welcome to this Pure Voice activity on current European guidelines for the therapeutic management of COVID 19 in hospitalized patients. This activity comprises a series of five streaming episodes with Dr. Jens Lundgren. At any time during this activity, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello,、uh, this is Jens Lundgren from the Department of Infectious Diseases at Rigshospital and University of Copenhagen in Denmark. Will you welcome to this activity entitled Applying Current European Guidance? Uh, on treating COVID 19 in hospitalized patients. In this activity, we will take a look at how to apply the most current European clinical guidance、uh, for the therapeutic management of COVID 19 in hospitalized patients. Before doing that, let's just for a minute remind ourselves about the different stages of, of COVID.、Uh, Obviously, caused by SARS CoV 2, the infection. The disease can either be in a mild to moderate stage. Typically, patients are outside of the hospital. Most patients、uh, do well and recover、uh, without further interventions. People at high risk、um, are at risk of further disease progression,、uh, typically requiring hospitalization, typically with COVID pneumonia. And where the disease can further progress through critical illness. The risk of disease progression,、uh, of course, the vaccination status of the patient,、uh, those who are vaccinated are at substantially less risk of disease progression. The viral strain we are talking about,、uh, where the current Omicron is less uh, at, uh, uh, virulent compared to earlier strains. The immune suppression state of the patient, as well as underlying comorbidities. The selection of the best treatment option for a specific patient is obviously dependent on the clinical efficacy and availability, feasibility of administering parental medications, the potential for significant drug drug interactions, patient's pregnancy status. The in vitro activity of the available products against the currently circulating SARS CoV 2 variant and subvariants. And finally,、uh, of course, the、uh, risk factors, older age, comorbidity, immune suppression condition, and people who have underlying medical、uh, conditions. Ongoing viral replication also among hospitalized、uh, patients is a poor prognostic marker. For those who had elevated or signs of ongoing viral replication, the time to recovery in here expressed as discharge from hospital was substantially reduced compared to people with less aggressive viral replication. So, as a reminder, when we talk about hospitalized patients, some have uncontrolled viral replication, whereas others is in the process of controlling their,、uh, the virus、uh, and how it replicates. But on the other hand, Is hospitalized、uh, due to a hyper inflammatory state. In the first episode, we'll review how to manage a patient who is in the hospital for a reason, not due to COVID 19, but nevertheless is infected、uh, with the virus and、uh, have mild to moderate uh, uh, symptoms. For those patients,、uh, you want to really carefully clinically、uh, examine the patient. 
and in particular have focus on whether there's signs of a low respiratory disease, uh, check for whether the patient essentially have pneumonia, and you also want to make sure that you examine for whether there is signs of extrapulmonary disease, uh, uh, which is linked to COVID-19. So the management of patients with mild to moderate COVID-19 uh, hospitalized uh, uh, for reasons other than COVID-19 is we want to understand whether there is signs of pneumonia. And we assume here that there is no signs. Uh, if that's the case, we use uh, the outpatient treatment algorithms. Uh, so again, if no high risk, uh, uh, <clears throat> then you provide supportive care only. On the other hand, if the patient is at risk of disease progression, you want to consider uh, using a, a protease inhibitor for treatment. Uh, however, if there's drug-drug interactions that prevents use of protease inhibitor, the alternative is remdesivir. And this patient here should not receive immunoregulatory agent. Previously, there was the opportunity as well to use monoclonal antibodies. Uh, uh, however, the virus has now evolved uh, and had uh, features of escape, uh, and therefore none of the monoclonal antibodies that we previously used uh, have uh, any uh, effectiveness anymore. Although not necessarily severely sick from COVID-19, but we want to, of course, monitor that patient for signs uh, of disease progression, uh, either pulmonary or it could be extrapulmonary complications, uh, as long as they stay in the hospital. There are treatments in these situations that you should not consider because they have been examined and not shown to be clinically effective. This includes hydroxychloroquine, Astromycin, lopinavir ritonavir, interferon beta, convalescent plasma, and colchicin. So in summary for this patient uh, uh, with mild to moderate COVID-19 who is hospitalized for reasons other than COVID-19, you want to make sure you assess the patient for any signs or symptoms of lower respiratory infection or disease. If there is no signs of pneumonia, you should essentially think of this patient as an outpatient and use uh, those treatment algorithms, meaning that you can use a protease inhibitor. Uh, and again, if that's uh, because of drug-drug interaction not possible, then the alternative is remdesivir. And again, if the patient is not at risk of disease progression, uh, you should only provide supportive care. Not everybody who is in the hospital who is infected needs to be managed as if they needed uh, care within the hospital for COVID-19. And we see that a larger and larger proportion of those who are infected in the hospital actually falls into this category. So the critical step is to treat them as outpatients, uh, but also monitor carefully for any signs of disease progression. In this second episode, we'll review how to manage a patient who is in the hospital due to COVID-19, but who do not require supplementary oxygen. And what do we mean by that? That is essentially that the oxygen saturation is above 92, 95%. So these patients may experience dyspnea and they may experience cough. Uh, if any of those uh, lower respiratory uh, uh, tract uh, symptoms or signs are present, you want to, of course, uh, order a chest X-ray uh, in order to investigate whether there are signs of pneumonia.
You want to also investigate whether there's other complications from COVID uh, apart from the pneumonia, such as, for example, extrapulmonary complications, blood clotting, or even pulmonary embolism. So for these patients, it's important to appreciate that we do not have any evidence to suggest that protease inhibitors is of clinical use. Conversely, it has been demonstrated, and I'll come back to show the results, uh, that uh, remdesivir can be used in adults or pediatric patients uh, weighing at least 40 kilos uh, who also do not require a supplementary oxygen, uh, but uh, who obviously uh, are at potential risk of more severe disease. Um, you should try to initiate the treatment as soon as possible. You can use remdesivir for three up to five days. Um, and the starting dose of remdesivir is 200 milligram on the first day, and then you continue on the subsequent days with 100 milligram. In children, um, for at least uh, four weeks of age and weighing at least three kilos, uh, but less than 40 kilos in total, uh, treatment uh, should be uh, started with infusion of five milligram per kilo of body weight on the first day, and then followed by half the dose, i.e. two and a half milligram per kilo body weight uh, once a day. This is the result of the first trial uh, that demonstrated benefit uh, in patients uh, uh, without need of supplementary oxygen, but nevertheless hospitalized. You can see that there was uh, accelerated recovery uh, if patients were receiving remdesivir as compared to uh, placebo, around five days uh, uh, shorter uh, time until recovery uh, for those who were receiving active treatment. This area, however, for a patient without oxygen uh, uh, has been debated, uh, and the, although the data is there, they're not overwhelming, and, and there is a legitimate uh, discussion of how much benefit remdesivir actually given that uh, situation, but nevertheless, most clinicians uh, would consider giving them remdesivir. Importantly, for a patient of this type, uh, corticosteroids or other immune modulatory agents is not indicated. Uh, uh, the results from the recovery trial published in June 2020 demonstrated uh, that if anything, uh, there was no signs of benefit from using dexamethasone in a patient of this type uh, compared to usual care. There are other treatments to consider. Uh, uh, Previously talked about the protease inhibitors, uh, nematrelvir, uh, which is combined with rutronavir. There is also another antiviral called monopiravir. None of these drugs have been shown to be helpful in this particular clinical situation, and is therefore really not something you want to consider. When we had other strains of uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, monoclonal antibodies, such as sutrovimab, was uh, indeed beneficial. But again, unfortunately, the virus has uh, continued to show escape, uh, has continued to demonstrate genetic evolution in its spike protein, and therefore these monoclonal antibodies are no longer effective. So in summary, uh, for a patient who's hospitalized uh, due to COVID-19, but who do not require supplementary oxygen, Remdesivir uh, should be considered for the treatment of adults in this situation uh, and which are considered to be at high risk of uh, uh, COVID-19 disease progression. Again, based on results from the recovery trial, corticosteroids are not recommended for, the, uh, for this treatment group. 
You want to, of course, monitor these patients because some of them may experience disease progression and may need uh, supplementary uh, oxygen uh, later on in their disease course. So you want to monitor them for this. Uh, and of course, you also want to observe uh, uh, the potential for spread of the uh, virus uh, to other uh, patients uh, and uh, and staff in your department. And so, of course, uh, observe good hospital hygiene. The third episode I want to discuss with you is to review how to manage a patient who is in the hospital due to COVID-19 and requires conventional supplementary oxygen. This is the standard patient with COVID pneumonia, also uh, typically referred to as WHO Category 5 patient. We have a number of treatment options to really seriously consider in this patient. uh, there is evidence to suggest uh, that uh, remdesivir is of uh, particular importance uh, for patients of this type, uh, and uh, most clinicians would now recommend giving remdesivir to this patient. This patient is at risk of disease progression and death in a range between 5 and 15%. Uh, in this patient, you also want to consider in addition to an antiviral, to uh, provide uh, one immunomotory agent. Uh, This can be either, and typically, a corticosteroid like dexamethasone, or could be a JAK inhibitor. And then the third area of treatment is to uh, give some type of anticoagulant uh, drug, uh, and we can debate about the dose of that drug uh, being either at the prophylactic dose uh, or at the therapeutic dose, although that is an area that remains controversial. In terms of uh, whether to use uh, dexamethasone or baricitinib, there's one trial that was published from Act 4 that demonstrated uh, that essentially they're providing the same benefit, uh, so one is not better or for that matter worse uh, than the other. There's some signs potentially uh, of a difference in adverse events, although it can be debated how important those uh, differences are. And obviously, dexamethasone is much more readily uh, available uh, than uh, baricitinib. In terms of uh, which dose of heparin you want to use, whether it's therapeutic or or the prophylactic dose, uh, there was one paper published two years ago, actually, that demonstrated the therapeutic doses of heparin as compared to uh, prophylactic uh, um, doses increased the probability of surviving uh, to a hospital discharge with fewer days of cardiovascular or respiratory support. There is some discussion around the results uh, uh, as obviously using therapeutic doses of heparin uh, increases your risk of significant bleedings uh, uh, and therefore not all clinicians would actually use therapeutic doses, but that's the evidence that we have. Recommendations from the European Respiratory Society uh, living guidelines, again, is consistent with what I said. Uh, So corticosteroids uh, should be offered uh, for patients in this situation with COVID pneumonia needing supplementary oxygen. Um, You can consider IL-6 receptor antagonist uh, as a monoclonal antibody. Uh, 
Typically, however, we would reserve IL-6 inhibitors for patients who is more severely uh, sick uh, compared to the type of patient we're discussing here. Uh, and again, a JAK inhibitor is an alternative to uh, corticosteroids uh, um, based on the results uh, of the ACT4 trial. So in summary, in patients uh, in the hospital due to COVID and uh, have uh, COVID pneumonia and is requiring conventional supplementary oxygen, uh, remdesivir can be used, corticosteroids can be used, Bericitinib can be used as an alternative to dexamethasone, for example, in people with dysregulated diabetes where glucose control is really complicated uh, with the use of a high-dose steroid. Uh, and then in non-critical ill patients with COVID-19 of the type we're discussing here, uh, one could consider using a therapeutic dose of, an, uh, of heparin, uh, as this has been shown to improve survival to hospital discharge compared to uh, prophylactic doses, although it may also be associated with excess risk and remains uh, uh, debated, uh, and, but at least you should give uh, prophylactic doses. In this fourth episode, let's review how to manage a patient who is in the hospital due to COVID-19, typically having COVID pneumonia, but also signs of developing ARDS, and which therefore requires non-invasive ventilation or high-flow nasocannular oxygen. There's essentially two types of patients that ends up in this situation. Either patients who have stayed at home for too long, uh, and therefore have passed the stage of COVID pneumonia, have further progressed, uh, and therefore already at time of admission needs high-flow oxygen. Of course, the alternate is a patient who we know have pneumonia. We have tried to treat that, but nevertheless, uh, that patient have experienced progression uh, during care. Now, the two ways of treating patients uh, which, where you can't uh, maintain sufficient oxygen saturation uh, with uh, conventional uh, supplementary oxygen, again, you can use continuous positive airway pressure or CPAP, or you can use high-flow nasal uh, cannula oxygen supplementation. For patients in this situation, where typically the disease is caused by hyperinflammation, uh, you want to make sure that you have adequately treated that patient with immunomodulatory treatments. There's essentially three options for you to consider, either a corticosteroid, an IL-6 inhibitor, or a JAK inhibitor. And again, the point here is that you want to use a combination of two immunomodulatory agents in not give free because there's no evidence for that, but use two. Uh, and again, you have the option of combining typically a, a dexamethasone within either a IL-6 inhibitor where the evidence is stronger uh, compared to a JAK inhibitor. Uh, as well, you want to give a heparin or an, an, another anticoagulation uh, medication. There is signs of in some patients in this situation of ongoing viral replication, uh, 
and according to the, uh, the uh, both the uh, UK as well as the uh, EU uh, recommendations, uh, remdesivir can be considered in this uh, situation uh, as well. We can use remdesivir uh, for the treatment both of adults and pediatric patients at least four weeks of age and weighing at least three kilos uh, with pneumonia requiring supplementary oxygen, either low or high flow, uh, or non-invasive insulation uh, for treatment duration of five uh, uh, days typically. In terms of uh, treatment with heparin uh, and the dose of heparin, you want to give a heparin for sure. Um, actually, in patients uh, in this situation on high flow or non-invasive insulation, uh, the, the evidence would suggest that you should use prophylactic uh, uh, doses uh, uh, and not therapeutic doses, of course, except if there are signs of, uh, of, of true thromboembolic disease, where, of course, you will give uh, therapeutic uh, doses. So, in summary, uh, the National Health Syst uh, System recommends remdesivir as a therapeutic option to treat uh, COVID-19, uh, with patients of this type uh, who have uh, pneumonia, which is progressing uh, um, for the treatment course of five to ten days. Uh, the, the European Respiratory Society guidelines strongly recommend using R6 receptor antagonist monoclonal antibody therapy for patients uh, in this situation, needing an uninvasive ventilation support uh, in addition to corticosteroids. The European Respiratory Society recommends the use of JAK inhibitor, for example, baricitinib, as an alternative to IL-6 receptor and, and antagonist. And really important here to emphasize that there is no evidence uh, to use three immune modulatory agents in combination of patients in this situation. In this fifth episode, let's review how to manage a patient who is in the hospital due to COVID-19 and who require uh, mechanical ventilation or ECMO. Uh, these patients is obviously in a critical state uh, where the mortality is ranging between 20 and up to 50 to 60 percent. In those patients here, uh, you want to focus on to make sure that they are on a robust immune monitoring uh, treatment regime, uh, uh, either with a corticosteroid or an IL-6 inhibitor in combination, or corticosteroids in combination with JAK, uh, a JAK inhibitor. I know that some uh, clinicians say, well, let's take all three in combination. I just want to remind you, although the patients are critically sick, that there is really no evidence that three uh, in combination is further benefiting the patient. You want to make sure that those patients is also receiving uh, heparin in prophylactic doses, except, of course, if there's a sign uh, of ongoing thromboembolic disease. On the other hand, in patients uh, in this situation uh, needing mechanical ventilation or ECMO, we have very little, if any, uh, signal to suggest that antiviral uh, treatment such as remdesivir is of clinical benefit, and therefore they are typically not recommended. Again, I want to remind you of patients who is severely immune compromised. Those patients are at increased risk of chronic uh, uh, COVID-19, meaning uh, ongoing viral replication uh, for longer periods of time than the typical five to seven days that we see in people with an intact immune system. 
We also know and uh, observed and seen many examples uh, of patients uh, in this uh, situation with ongoing viral replication where it creates ongoing damage to uh, pulmonary tissue uh, and at some point also fibrosis. Um, so therefore, it's really important in those patients not to necessarily follow the conventional recommendations, but be very observant of whether there is signs of ongoing viral replication as you want to treat the patients, obviously, with antiviral if that's the case. So for patient in hospital due to COVID-19 and requires mechanical ventilation or ECMO, uh, the only option uh, therapeutically for this patient is to give him a combination of two immunomodulatory agents. Uh, you want to monitor for chronic uh, COVID, uh, so SARS-CoV-2 infection. You want to monitor these patients very carefully for extrapulmonary complications such as thromboembolic complications, uh, uh, including uh, pulmonary embolus. Uh, it could be an explanation for why uh, they're uh, they experience respiratory failure. And finally, uh, there is no clinical uh, benefit uh, observed for uh, whether uh, remdesivir or, for that matter, other antiviral drugs are of benefit in patients in this situation needing mechanical ventilation or ECMO. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.